when you when you're a normal working person, like a person that has to work in offices and stuff like that, uh-huh. um, you uh, you will very frequently find yourself in a situation where you join the Zoom on your laptop, like I'm joined on right now, but you don't want the audio because you need to pop your headphones on and walk, but you need to be, you need to, you need to like wear it on your, um, on, on, you need to like do the audio on your, uh, on your phone because you need to walk around and then I get it. I get what you're saying, but you need to have, because somebody's presenting a deck like or presenting mm-hmm. something on their screen and sharing their screen and that looks terrible on your phone and you can't mm-hmm. really see it you need to be able to you need to have it up on your screen too or you might what be you're saying what you're saying makes a lot of sense but uh i hate that it. doesn't sound that doesn't sound like the 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 normal use case like so shouldn't that be an option that you have to like click to get that should it's kind of like I, I sound right now like the the guy who complains about having to push one for English but I mean that's the first example that comes to mind like what like why is that the option that that you have to choose right at the get-go why isn't that a more advanced option I'll tell you the reason why I think I don't know for sure I don't know the, for mm-hmm. sure the answer to your question but I'll tell you the reason I think is mm-hmm. because if you mindlessly go in uh like if you're if you're a um an uh inconsiderate zoomer and you just Mm -hmm. mindlessly go in like that it sends and actually you know what we're back to a thing where maybe you're right because it's about a limitation of the system but i think it's a limitation shared by any conferencing system if you don't have that little reminder there and you just go in and you're already on your phone everybody on the Mm -hmm. call hears like a crazy ass feedback loop yeah i could imagine because they hear they hear you and you're talking into yourself on two inputs and it just like it it ruins the call For like 30 seconds while the feedback loop feeds out. So there. That makes that makes that makes sense. Oh uh, that actually brings up an interesting thing that I was thinking about today. Um so you know, with, with our phones, uh we the version of Siri for Android is the OK Google and uh and it just activated right now. So if you say that, it you know, it activates and listens for you to ask it a question. But I also have a uh, a smart display. I have a uh, one of those little like Alexa style smart speakers, and then my my uh, surround sound system for my TV. Oh my god, it's talking over there too. They all respond to my voice saying that phrase. So how do they know which one I want it to hear? And I don't think I haven't looked into this yet. I don't think there's an answer. I don't think anybody thinks about that. I think I'm the only person who thinks about that. You, you you used to like wrestling, right? Back in the day, I remember you used to have WrestleMania over at your house in high school. Yeah. So, like, uh, you remember, you know, the concept of kayfabe, right? I honestly don't remember. So that. kayfabe is kayfabe is the um, the artifice. It's the fakeness, right? And when okay. you drop kayfabe, like you see, like the wrestlers sometimes will drop the kayfabe if like one of them gets hurt. They'll be like, <laughs> like, they'll run over and they'll be like, hey, are you okay? Like, you know, like yeah. they'll drop it. Or like if, a, if sometimes like a fan will overstep their boundaries and they'll like drop mm. the kayfabe and they'll like call security on them or something like that. Yeah. It's the act. I have a question about mm. all those device things that you were just talking about. The thing where you have to say, okay, Google or whatever to get it to respond, I think is kayfabe because I think it's always listening. Oh, 100%. It's always listening and it's always recording. But I just wonder, like, 
like, is that a necessary thing right now at the stage that we're in? And we're going to talk a little bit about automation because I shared that New York Times article with you. Yeah, yeah. So this kind of has a tacit connection to what we want to talk about today. But like, I just wonder, is is that more for us because we're not ready to have the world where like all the robots are listening to us all the time? And we just Mm -hmm. need to, we need to like do some pretend thing where we're like, no, no, they're not listening to us. They wait for me to ask them a question mm-hmm. it's like we hit dumbass if they're not listening to you then how do they know you asked the question but like well that ties that ties back to the whole thing of like you know people like me who don't worry about security and stuff like that who just assume everything is listening even things you didn't know have a microphone are always listening like it just it just is what it is it's how these tech companies continue to grow their data and their information and then uh, to tie into another thing we've been talking about a little bit recently is that show devs I mean how do you think they get their data to be able to pull on right, to be able to, to be build the prediction that. they have to be pulling that out of smartphones or whatever in that uh, yeah just non-stop data entry just every like so much data to be able to predict other data so it's like yeah i mean that that everything is constantly recording ever since uh i don't know probably like xbox 360 like and remember when we when we got the uh the connect and we were all dancing in front of it oh yeah for sure then, then it was learning the way we move and shit like it was recording every last bit of that for sure what do you think about this before we jump into well, we got some things we got to talk about but like um Washington Post headline today new Ebola case emerges in Congo just days before WHO hoped to declare end of the outbreak uh and the outbreak the, the this this outbreak that just popped out in the Congo of Ebola is um the Congo's 10th and it's the second worst one ever how about that and cool from PBS NewsHour an infectious and fatal strain of bird flu has been confirmed in commercial turkey Sweet. stock in South Carolina. The first case... Wait, turkey stock? Turkey flock. <laughs> what did I say? Stock? Uh, no, no, yeah, turkey stock. I, I meant turkey flock. I misread it. Oh. Um, the first case of the more serious strain of the disease in the United States since 2017. So well, got- the, re- the reason I was surprised by that is because, uh, you know, there's like chicken stock... Why isn't you never hear about turkey stock? Ooh, the turkey stock's probably so gamey. Yeah, I guess so. Probably I like, like turkey though. I love turkey. I much prefer turkey. Uh, yeah, um, I'm a big turkey guy. How about too. this, Dave? Here's something that I can do uh, when I have Zoom, which I can actually do um, on other stuff too. Uh, but I, I thought I might share this article with you. New York Times just published this. Oh, look at this! Do you see it during a peel of weird Al Yankovic. Nice. I love it. Yeah. I got to read this. Yeah. Oh good. yeah, my my friend is in that. My friend Ryan showed up I think for that uh that photo shoot. So this is from New York Times Magazine today, I believe. Or no, yesterday actually. The weirdly enduring appeal of Weird Al Yankovic. Uh, and for those who don't know, um aren't fans or don't know that Dave is probably the biggest Weird Al fan of all time. The New York Magazine has a really fun like long, oh, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna long form this. article, just examining his cultural relevance and like why, wh- like why, like why, why is this guy huge? Like what? Because he's the best. Okay, but that, that I is, agree. That I is a funny thing. That's a funny thing about Weird Al, though. It does feel like every year there's one of these. Like, yeah, it's always the anniversary of something with Weird Al. Like, that's so weird. Look at his daughter. <laughs> his daughter looks just like him. <laughs> You know um, about his parents, though, right? No. What about his parents? What about Weird Al's parents? 
his parents died together in their garage from the uh, exhaust fumes. Oh my god, Jesus! Is that Christ. not just like the worst thing in the world? Both parents. They, was, like, it was suicide time. or? I don't think so. I think literally by accident. Which How do you is die insane. like that? I don't know. I don't want to get into that. That's yeah. kind of fucked up. Ooh, now I see your now I see your dot. This is weird. Yeah. Well, I was alt tapping around. Oh, that looks like you. The, yeah. the young picture of Weird Al. Everybody always me. says that I look like Weird Al. Yeah, you always did. <laughs> um, you always have. Okay. I don't want you to take this the wrong way. Because I love Weird Al. Nowhere near as much as you. But I, I absolutely appreciate him and think he's great. Is Weird Al funny? Is he I funny? So. Is he like he does a thing and you laugh? Funny. I think you should think he's funny because... I feel like he was doing um, like the anti-humor of stuff like Stella, like long before they started. I think that's his thing in a lot of ways. What's going on right now? (laughs) What is happening right now? (laughs) Tell her to put on a headset and pull up a microphone. Or you have you have been requested to uh, break social distancing norms and come and visit us during the quarantine. Because you guys got a lot done. We would get a lot done. I have a child. <laughs> I, That's not, always the excuse. It's, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty fucking good excuse. It's not going to raise itself. Like, uh, it's not going anywhere. Why don't you come here? We're not going there. Oh, like, that's yeah, exactly. You, know, you totally can. You want to go to Miami? I totally would. Take a look and see if you can find some flights. Why am I your fucking Oh, secretary? wait, why are you both? No, no, I was asking Gina too, but you, Here we you go. did it at the Here same we go. time. Let's see. What's the name of your stupid airline? Uh, LAS. Such a bad idea, and it would never get approved. It would never get approved by management, but. Wait, are you serious? <laughs> she just found a flight for $93, leaving on June 1st. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I look for flights, it's like three, dollars $400. Yeah. She found one for $93. She's, she's dipped in shit. She's... <laughs> <laughs> um june 1st sounds like you know what i learned today how about this hmm. quarantine is italian Fair. for it's italian for 40 days which is oh wow is that true yeah which is like uh, apparently i guess was like the standard quarantine of olden times q yeah. q just told me that quarantine is actually italian for 40 days <laughs> there you there go. There you go. I don't know what that means. American AA twenty three forty nine economy Boeing seven thirty seven. Let's do it. I don't know what to, to to do. Like you guys come here and you're gonna come that off would, of a plane and walk into my house. That would be the weirdest choice I've ever made. That would be <laughs> such a weird choice. Let's just fucking do it. Guys, give him the edge. <laughs> <laughs> Come all this that way. I'm episode. trying to get him drunk tonight. <laughs> you guys come all that way to sit outside my house because <laughs> I don't allow you in. Okay, not not to derail the conversation because I, I did Further, want to talk about weird, weird Al, but 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 I uh, I do want to know what would we do if me and Gina showed up on June first? What obviously we can't do much, but what would we do? It, I mean, like, I have a kid. If things are still bad like this, I can't let people into the house that have just walked off a tr- uh, a plane. Like, I love you guys, but I, but let, like let, let the let the let the record show that Gina just put her ear up to the microphone. 
Biden, we gotta go. Is she talking about Joe Biden? We haven't gotten. She's to that talking point. about. She's talking about Joe Biden because you still have your screen sharing up. Oh, yeah. Bye. Hang on, wait. Wait, tell her not to go. Uh oh. He just <laughs> searched for human penis. <laughs> Gina, what were you saying? <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, it looks like all sad. Dick. No, that's uncircumcised right there. Wait, I like that the one part is called a meatus. It's a meatus. <laughs> a meatus. Oh no, what is this? <laughs> Can we please stop? <laughs> you, you came to us. Can we do something other than this? Are you in here, Sonic? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to tell you, man. You show up here, and it's in June first. That's really soon from now. And yeah, uh, that, that like, would be tough. <laughs> and I mean, I heard I heard that LA just extended social distancing to May fifteenth. Yeah. So, uh we're we're in for it for at least till then, right? I mean, probably vastly longer. Probably like end of yeah. August or beginning of November or something. Well, whatever it is, see if there's something I might want for lunch tomorrow. So I'll put it in the fridge. Jess should not be ordering food, man. You damn duck. Q just said we shouldn't be ordering food, but you know what? Fuck Q. Whoa. I, I'm I'm gonna order food still, and I'm gonna wash my hands. I'm free. I gets here. I'm and freedom. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm America. I'm, I'm gonna to wash do my hands. I, I wash my hands when when the the it says that the guy's a minute away, and then I wash my hands as soon as I take the bag inside. That'll be that should be fine. Uh, so what do you want to talk about, Q? <clears throat> oh yeah, I'm I'm Q. What? I'm Q. <laughs> and I'm Jewish Dave. This is Bird Road. This is Bird Road. Oh, so that was fun. Uh, to look at a bunch of deviant art of video game characters. Having fun. Um, we talked about already Weird Al Yankovic. We're like already, I don't know, 15 minutes into the show or 30 minutes into the show. Yeah. Uh, this is something, This is like an artsy episode. So probably the biggest <sighs> news, uh, you know, this is a, another the third or fourth coronavirus episode where we are socially distancing we are losing our minds like every other podcaster out there where <clears throat> i don't know we're just going off and creating content and you know making fighting the good fight for all all those people who are out there who want to hear from us uh, but that's old news at this point the big news is that uh on wednesday this is we're recording on friday on wednesday bernie sanders dropped out i tried to get you to record a special episode you were too yeah you were too crestfallen to do it I was a bit crestfallen at the moment. You're absolutely correct. <clears throat> and um, I don't know. There's really not much more to say about it than that. We always had said that, like, I guess, like, the thing was, like, if Bernie Sanders drops out, it's like, that's kind of the end. The end of, of him, right? Like, it, good for him, but, you know, he's now officially too old to, to I don't think you can yeah. be, like, 84 and be running for president. Um, I think it's been over for a while. And uh, this has just been, uh, it's just sucked. 
I don't know. When when did you did you have a certain point where you knew that it was going to come to this? Um the what do they call that? The mini Tuesday or whatever, the Tuesday after Super Tuesday. So I guess that would mm. be like March 21st. He had that really he had really day. bad showings and he had been with withstanding just like barrage of bad media and um uh you know, the coronate <clears throat> media was already coronating Joe Biden um and just like handing it to him and uh there was a yeah. lot of really shitty things that happened like all in the margins all very small i don't i don't know that bernie would have won if if all things were fair and all things were equal i don't know that bernie would have won but i think it, a few things would have been a lot more a lot closer like i mean i have sincere doubts about texas i have sincere doubts about um, Massachusetts. I mean, there was obviously the uh, decision by Elizabeth Warren to stay in, and um, I, again, we talked about the math before. Where like, I'm not entirely sure that her dropping out would have actually redounded to his benefit or anything, because I think the people sure. that were left with, the people that were left on the Liz Warren train were just the most reprehensible of of like identity the politics worst. Democrats. Yeah, there were people that were like, <clears throat> it was all like eat, eat, pray, love type you know, suburban women, yeah. you know, and, and, um, and creative directors from fucking, uh, uh, Austin, Texas and shit like that. Sketch comedy cast members, sketch comedy cast members. Yeah. <laughs> groundlings. She was leading among yeah. the ground. <laughs> she was leading among the groundling caucus, uh, uh, demographic. So yeah, no, it wasn't, um, I mean, I don't know. It would have been great to clear, that one quote unquote progressive person to get like a more clear. I think the bigger problem, and I don't, I don't really see people complaining so much about Elizabeth Warren's campaign because she really, I mean, like she showed herself, she she showed her, her her true colors, and we actually we had an episode way way back, I think in January called um, "The Mask Is Off" or whatever, where we talked right. we, we we talked with um, Bernie Sanders campaign member uh, Jeff Campbell, and um, we. At that point, I think we're disillusioned by what, you know, versus what what like a uh, what we thought she was, or what people pretended like to like to think that she was, sort of a mm. a progressive, like a pragmatic Democrat progressive who had some of the right opinions and all these great plans and was like you know electable and a friend to the left. And I mean, we pretty quickly learned that that that, that was all bullshit. And um. You know, it, it just saves me, it saves people like us from having to hold out hope for somebody who's not really, you know, going to be part of anything positive in the future. Um, I think it'll be funny if she gets primaried. But anyway, my point in bringing all that up was that I think the bigger story, if you want to make a case of like, Bernie got screwed, which again, like I'm saying, even if all things were fair and even and all these factors didn't go against Bernie's campaign... I, I still am not certain that Bernie would have come close to winning. I think maybe there's a really good chance that only about of all the people that vote in the Democratic primary, um, who by the way are not representative of the people that vote, but they are the people who vote in the Democratic primary. Of all right. those pe- people, it might be true that Bernie has like a forty forty five percent ceiling. Like if he mm-hmm. ran the perfect campaign and <clears throat> had everything break in his favor. He might just have a 45% ceiling because there are like 50% 50 to 55 or I don't know, I'm just pulling those numbers out of my ass, but there's a whole lot of 
Democrats out there, people who identify as Democrats who are in the center and in, or moderate or, you know, we use those pejoratives like centrist or moderate or um, corporate or whatever. But what we really mean is that there are people who don't think that there are better things that are possible, who don't think that, um, you know, having a, right. you know, don't think that like progressive, widely popular legislation or, or, or proposals could ever, you know, get past uh, the, the current um, or even future iterations of Congress and, you know, that there are just too many. Uh, Every idea is too, too, too radical, out. too far out there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's too much. And. Um, and, and some of them, the more brave or courageous, or at least ones with integrity will, will say, uh, that they don't agree with the ideas that they just flat out don't like the idea of Medicare for all. They would prefer some sort of single payer hybrid with, um, you know, like with private insurance, which they'll just come out and say it. Um, there's the Liz Warren crowd who are more along the lines of like oh i would love that it would be great i mean it would be wonderful but it just can't happen right now and it may not ever happen we need to take baby steps and instead of having one huge bill passed we need to have a whole bunch of bills passed that all equally have zero chance of getting you know getting through (laughs) so i think that the nuance of what the Sanders campaign was trying to communicate was was lost on the electorate, on the majority of the electorate. They mm-hmm. all support what we support and what Bernie supports. Everybody, almost everybody does in the Democrat right. aisle. But for varying degrees of like, you know, uh, you know, Democrats are, are, are famous for outsmarting themselves and for coming up with reasons to not vote for the thing that they want and to vote for like watered down versions of the things that they want. Um, I wish Democrats could be a little bit more like Republicans in their <clears throat> like zealous pursuit of exactly what they want and nothing else and like accepting no substitutes. Uh, I, I wish that we were a little bit less compromising and that even if we do have popular politicians like like Joe Biden, who, uh, you know, just kind of was just the last man standing, really didn't really win anything as much as he just outlasted everybody else. Sure. Um, yeah. I wish that we were able to pressure them the way that Republicans are able to pressure their, uh, you know, more standard bearer candidates. And um, or I wish that we were able to rally with 90 percent approval and fawning adoration behind the furthest, furthest, furthest person in our party, the way that Republicans were able to, the way that Donald Trump was able to get 90 percent of Republican 90 plus. Some, yeah. I mean, I've seen I've seen ratings of, of Trump on the de- on the Republican side that that show ninety eight percent approval um, from way back in campaigning all the way up until you know right now halfway through his the last year of his second term I've seen I I just wish not even Bernie because it's not even about Bernie I, I wish there was somebody <laughs> that like ninety eight percent of Democrats just fucking loved and yeah. uh, it doesn't exist not even Obama. I mean, not even, yeah. you would need to have a fresh Obama or something like that. One who didn't spend eight years lying and not accomplishing the things that he said that he would set out to accomplish. So That's because Trump is the real deal. Trump is the real deal. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. You say what you the want. The wrong real deal, but he's the real deal. Say what you want about him. He's doing his things, man. He's out there doing them. like, Or at least working to, to do them every fucking, every other day. 
I, I like if you read stories about like budgeting and about I mean the House Appropriations Committees and stuff like that, you'll see that like every other day there's some article where it's like, uh, oh, a new bill was introduced to uh, spay and neuter pets. And uh, as a writer, there was like a five billion dollar addendum for the for the for the border wall. And you're just like, damn, they don't give up. They don't give up on that shit. They're just gonna keep doing that shit. And They're so good. Good for them, man. They're so fucking good. They're so good at that. At being horrible. I just wish that there was somebody on our side that was that good at being good. Like I, I don't yeah. know. Um, so enough. Like I don't know. Everybody has a post mortem on the the Sanders campaign. We both worked on it. Like we both put work into it. At least we did. You know our part. We yeah. Um, we we gave money. I gave money. I mean, like we 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 did what we could. Definitely. So <clears throat> it sucks. It's got to be somebody else in the future. I think that you have to focus on stuff on a local level. And I, when I say local level, I don't mean down ballot because if you live in places like, well, not you so much. You've got good down ballot candidates. You could talk yeah, to like. Sure. I mean, I'm sure that, for instance, like um, Amy Valella, friend of the show, Amy Valella is going to run for something again soon, right? Like. And um, you're going to have an opportunity to support her and people like her. It's way less yeah. likely here. Oh, the last thing on the post postmortem of Sanders campaign that I'll say before I say, like, what comes next, I think. But um, tell me what you think about this. Don't forget the people who helped it happen. Don't forget the people that shit, shat, I should say, because that's, like, the trendy, funny, cool thing to say, right? It's like, oh, the past tense of shit is shat. But... Um, <laughs> Don't forget, and I won't forget, the Debbie McCarcel Powells, the um, the, the bunch of Donnas and Debbies down here. Donna Shalala, <laughs> Debbie Wasserman Schultz, uh, Jose Javier Rodriguez, a bunch of the a bunch of um, people who are Democrats, elected Democrats here in Miami. Uh, I don't know if you have these in 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 Nevada, but it was all over the place. It was mostly concentrated here in 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 Miami. Or in South Florida, who elected Democrats who, who while Bernie was um, was killing it, had won three out of four of the first four states. Uh, the the whole, you know, complete bullshit Fidel Castro's, you know, praising Fidel Castro, praising Cuba story came out. These Democrats stood from the highest mountains that they could and denounced who at the time was the, uh, the guy who was at the time the front runner of their of uh of their for their party at the time bernie was the front runner of the democratic party and all of these people debbie mccarcel powell who i supported when she won in 2016 donna shalala who i voted for in 2016 or no i'm sorry 2018 2018 for both of those my bad and um debbie wasserman schultz who i've never really supported in any real way or or, or voted for and probably wouldn't but like i'm Whatever. She's a Democrat, too. She's she's the same. She's supposed to be in the same fucking family. All these local legislators, all of them turned their fucking nose up at Bernie at, uh, at Bernie Sanders. A bunch of people that we've had on this show um, turned their nose up at Bernie Sanders and made a made, made the loudest possible um, uh, repudiation of him that they could. And hmm. at the time, at the time, again, this guy was the the front runner for the Democratic nominee. For the Democratic nomination. Yeah. And if I told you that in context of any other candidate, any other candidate during their primary run, that they were in the driver's seat and that a bunch of elite loud voices in a 
battleground state, in one of the most important regions of that battleground state, all in unison denounce the candidate. If, if I told you that some that like, what if I told you that all the fucking the the the, the Latino? What if I told you that the the Latino caucus from the, the congressional caucus from Southern California in two thousand eight like denounced Barack Obama for something? Like it would be it would sound like fucking fiction. It would sound made up. Yeah. And and the fact that like I, I again I say this from the perspective of somebody who makes a little bit of money. I'm not rich or anything like that, but I make enough that I can donate to candidates. And a lot of those names I just mentioned are people that I've donated to. And you'll be goddamned if you'll fucking find me donating to any of those people again. Or yeah. having a kind word to say about them uh, on this show or just in conversations with people or whatever. Which brings me to my next question. As we look forward, Dave. Mm-hmm. Do you vote for Joe or no? That Yeah, I mean, that is the big question. Uh, and here's where we get to shine and outshine any of the Brooklyn or, or LA podcasts out there, leftist podcasts or San Francisco podcasts out there, because unlike all of them, our vote actually fucking matters. You right. in Las Vegas and our listeners in Las Vegas, me here in Miami and our listeners here in Florida, our vote actually makes a difference. There's not a single other leftist podcast out there except for like maybe... Uh, like uh, Brett and Brian over on Street Fight who are in Ohio. There's not a single other podcast out there whose fucking whose votes actually matter. But um, right, right. So do you vote for Joe or no? I am still trying to figure that out. To be completely honest, um, I I gotta say I'm I'm leaning towards yes, mm-hmm. but uh, I I haven't fully decided. I, I I'm not the undecided voter. I just haven't decided if I'm going to show up. Right. It's not that. It's not like the <laughs> traditional undecided. It's whether yeah. I will definitely show up because I'm sure that there'll be a lot on the ballot that I do want to vote for. Um, I have made the decision that I that I excuse me not to keep everybody in suspense as I burp into the microphone, but um, <laughs> I have made the decision that. Uh, I'm definitely. I'm not voting for for my congress my congress person Donna Shalala again. I'm mm. not going to vote for her. I urge everybody else not to vote for her. She hasn't done anything. She hasn't helped. And by the way, I feel like that apathy is going to run down ballot in a way that people said that it would happen with Bernie. People were saying like, oh well, there's going to be if you elect if you nominate Bernie, there's going to be down ballot consequences. There's going to mm-hmm. be all those gains. Um, from 2018, all those Democrats that swept in to Congress, we're going to lose all of them. Well, let me tell you something. I'm not voting for Donna Shalala. Not after what she did. Not after what she represents. The vote blue, no matter who shit, is is done. Um, I have no intention of supporting her. Uh, unfortunately, she doesn't really have a primary challenger. But uh, maybe she'll... Maybe she'll lose in the general to the fucking Univision talk show host that's running against her. I mean, the fucking Republican Univision talk show host who, like, <laughs> wants to round up everybody with her last name and shoot them in the back of the head. Um, <laughs> so, as far as Bernie, as far as Biden goes, <clears throat> yeah, I don't think I'm going to... I think I'll just leave that blank. I think I'll just leave it blank. Um, yeah. uh, unless something changes. He could always earn my vote. There's like seven months until the fucking election. Uh, right. He could he could do literally any fucking thing beyond just like expanding Social Security from age 60 to 64 
which is what his what he what he's the 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 little acquiescence that he's he's come out with to try to entice um, progressives. He could do something more than you know means tested bullshit um, uh, uh, student loan forgiveness. It doesn't help to put up all these parameters. If there's anything that we're learning about means, I hope that this fucking crisis doesn't go to waste in one way, Dave. I hope people step mm-hmm. away knowing and understanding and learning how toxic and horrible means testing is because Mm. everybody out there i know a lot of small business people i work for a small business and everybody's getting their everybody's like getting their shit kicked in everybody's firing people letting people go it's it's uh it's a disaster and this this aid package that they passed has so much means testing built into it and so right. much, like, so, it's so unfeasible and difficult to actually get. Nobody has gotten any of the money yet. It's been we, it's been months now that people have been talking about this shit. Nobody has gotten any actual fucking money. Nobody has gotten any aid. The only people that have gotten, uh, that, that have that have um, received any kind of benefit are the financial institutions, the banks, the lending, the lenders, the people who get to handle the money. That's the only... And people don't really, like, even consider that, do they? No, everybody's sitting around waiting for their like twelve hundred dollar check. In my mind, right. I have a funny feeling that the way that these things they get passed and then the implementation happens, right? And that's where it is. The devil is in the details, as as they say, right? Like all of a sudden, it's like, oh yeah, we were gonna give these people this, and you know, but um, we need to verify and make sure they don't have outstanding student loan debt or we need to make sure that they don't have parking tickets or we need to make sure that in 2018 they didn't make more than seventy thousand dollars because then that means that they don't need the money if they did that you know and oh mm-hmm. by the way we also have to make sure that like you know as a uh, you know if they're a married couple that they don't make more than one hundred twenty thousand dollars because then they don't need the money either and like it's all of this means testing and you water everything down and yeah. until it's completely meaningless. Nobody gets anything out of it. Nobody actually receives anything. Um, and yeah, it's it, it, it's if anything, if any good can come from the situation, it's that people will start to embrace universal programs. We'll put away this fucking this weird American thing where we have where it's like, oh yeah, do you deserve it? Show me forty right. pa- deserve. <laughs> show me forty pages of paperwork that prove that you deserve this. And it's like, fuck, man, mm-hmm. just give it to everybody. It's not like you're gonna go fucking broke. Obviously. What we've seen in the last two months is that the government is capable of just printing fucking money, hitting go yeah. on the fucking on the on the money machine and conjuring it out of nothing. So, um, yeah, what were we talking about? Yeah, we were talking about stuff. Um, actually, no. Uh, speaking to what we were talking about, uh, do you think Biden will give you a reason to vote for him? I don't know. I don't think so because he's he's very beholden to a lot of the, a lot of the 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 corporate interests that oppose the things that that people like me are in favor of. Like, right. it would be it would take a crazy amount of courage for Biden to come out with a, uh, you know, a, a a program, a proposal, a plank in his platform or whatever, or to hire somebody because that's always the more important thing because p- proposals are bullshit. But who you hire is what matters. That would suggest that he's going to, you know, actually take on climate change and not, you know, acquiesce to all of the, you know, the, 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 the various energy and, and, um, and uh, carbon interests that, I mean, like he's owned by those, 
companies. He's owned by those corporations. He's not going to just all of a sudden hire, you know, somebody who's like a, an actual real, you know, dyed in the wool. Uh, he's not going to hire like some some great environmentalist to to lead his his green new deal or whatever right that, that's right. antithetical and it's specifically he, he said to his credit he's been honest and said he's not going to do that he's like i'm not interested in pursuing the green new deal i'm not interested in pursuing medicare for all i mean if he did either of those things i would probably i would think about it i mean like it, it would be really hard not to if he if he pursued any kind of a progressive agenda or showed any kind of interest in setting up a world that's substantively different than the world that we're in right now with Donald Trump. But I haven't seen, apart from Joe... Is there, is there one specific uh, thing that he could change on that would be, like, the the most important for you? If it was just one? Like, you know, like if just magically just one thing, you know? Taco Tuesdays. Or, I don't know, yeah, like, like I don't know, good. like... It one it could be anything. It could it could really be yeah. any of the key tent. Just to show a little bit of a. It could be uh, it could be know. climate change. It could be um, again, but with climate change, he's completely beholden to all the worst actors in the realm of, of that uh, of that subject matter. It, it could be bankruptcy protection, or you know, loan forgiveness, or you know, r- relieving people of debt. But again. He's the senator from Delaware. He is completely mm. beholden to all the credit card companies and financial institutions. He was their guy for like 32 years or however long. He was like their main fucking dude. It could be the um, healthcare. It could be it could be Medicare for all. But again, he's beholden to the healthcare industry. He has not found a fucking corporate paymaster that he would say no to. He's completely fine with all of it. I don't really care that much, honestly, about foreign policy. Like most Americans, I don't give a fuck about foreign policy, really. Except that, like, I think we should try to be a little bit less imperial, way less imperialistic and stop killing so many brown, poor people around the world. But, like, he, he, he hasn't shown any interest in that either. He was the second the second guy in charge in the Obama administration. Like, and they, they fucking racked up records of killing, uh, you know killing uh brown people brown poor people in other countries without even having troops on the ground um yeah so yeah i don't know man other than like literally other than the name changing from donald trump to joe biden like i haven't even heard him come out and say that he would maybe he did if if, you know feel free to email me or whatever if, if, if i'm wrong but i haven't even come out and say that he i haven't even heard him come out and say that he would do anything different uh with respect to um to immigration like, have you heard him say that? I haven't. No, and that's so, the big no. thing. Like, you you go on Twitter and you've got fucking like donut Twitter. There's on babies there. in cages. Yeah, babies in cages, kids in cages, kids right. in cages. Okay, what's Joe Biden doing about that? What's he said he's going to do about that? Maybe he has said something, but the fact that I don't know means that he sure as fuck hasn't been at the at the most generous. He hasn't been vociferous about it. He hasn't been mm. like pushing it as an issue. I honestly don't know what he's been pushing as an issue beyond just that he's not Donald Trump. It just sounds like he's mad all the time, basically. Yeah, it sounds um, like you know what it, it, he, that's it. Permanently sounds like 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 people are talking dumb shit around him, and he's trying to cut through <laughs> the dumb shit. He's like, "Hey, look right. here, look, hey, come here, come on, man, let's, <laughs> let's come on, let's be serious." Like that's why he starts every fucking thing. He's like, uh, it's infuriating. I don't see him. He's he's run probably. I would say the laziest campaign of anyone I've ever seen run for president. Um. 
I, I don't see him making any real effort to like try to change that or try to like you know open up lines of dialogue or you know no meet people he's got the most tepid um support of any presumptive nominee i've ever seen in, in my lifetime at least and yeah uh like he, uh, today i saw a poll where he's tied tied with donald trump for under 35 voters that's insane voters under 35 he's tied with young people rep- are not supposed to like trump <laughs> that's what i've been told <laughs> i mean like I don't know, man. You're that weak on. You're that weak on on on, on like that's the like uh, I know, and everybody will say like. Everybody will say, well, the, the the young people don't show up to vote. And I don't know, man. But you look at California, you look at Texas, you look at Massachusetts, you look at all these places where, um, people did show up to vote for Bernie, and. On every college campus around those states and other states too there was like one or two polling stations and the polling stations were like manned by one or two workers. And then you go into places where, you know, let's just say what it is. They're more Joe Biden friendly and there's no waiting, no lines, people just cruising right through. Um, Wisconsin was just this week. Same thing happened there. We saw it happen in Michigan a few weeks back in Michigan uh, if you in Ann Arbor and college towns that that um, you know, there, there was so many reports of people who were 18, 19, 20 years old and just saying, like, I can't wait any longer. I've got to be at a class or I'm going to get fired if I don't if I don't right. leave here. I've been on this line for four hours. And somehow all of them are in the fucking districts that benefit the, or in the precincts that benefit Bernie the most. And everywhere that done is, doesn't benefit Bernie. Uh, like, how else do you explain these enormous disparities between okay put it this way there are international organizations that monitor elections right they're mm-hmm. non-governmental organizations and they they, they check for the they're, they're like checking on the fidelity of of like okay is this a sham election or is it a real election and they have standards and i forget off the top of my head what the standards are but there is a standard that they use where they will declare these are like you know UN or Organization of America OAS Organization of American States, and um, they will apply this methodology where it's like okay, if the result of the election is this different from the exit polls, we are declaring this a sham election, and mm-hmm. we're saying that it's invalid. Now whatever happens in the country happen you know happens in the country. It's up to the country whether they investigate it. It was the kind of shit that happened that. Um, uh, that ended up deposing Evo Morales in um, in in Bolivia, right? Um, in almost all those states that I was talking about, that disparity between the um, the actual result and the exit polls would have triggered that result with any of those non governmental organizations. They all look at um, the, like Texas. It was like a twenty point difference between what people said they voted for and what the vote actually was similar mm. thing again in, in Massachusetts, similar thing in Detroit, in, um, in Michigan, similar in California, something is up, something was up. And again, mm. like I said, maybe Bernie would have lost. Maybe he would have, he maybe maybe his ceiling was like 40, 45%. A part of me in my heart actually does believe that, that like, and, and that's not any, anything negative about bernie that's more negative about the voting population like i I just sure i think that just people are bad but like yeah it 
it is true that there was a lot of fucking hanky panky, as they like to say, as the kids call it. The kids do say that. Kids do say hanky panky so, like so all the so fucking I'm time. Told. Um. So did you have? Well, we have a few minutes left. Did you get a chance to read that uh, New York Times article I sent you about automation? Yeah, I, I read the I read part of it, but um, the but headline, it does speak the headline part. Yeah. No, no, I actually read like the first like five paragraphs or so, but but uh, it it does speak to something that I've you know I've I've said for a long time now. You know, I I was never a part of the Yang Gang or anything like that, but I do think that uh, you know automation is going to kill everything, all these jobs, because and this is a perfect opportunity for them to start really ushering it in more. I mean, people cannot. I, people are going to beg for really, it. So the article is this. It's from the New York Times, and it, it just came okay. out tonight. Um, robot, uh, New York Times. Robots welcome to take over as pandemic accelerates automation. Broad unease about losing jobs to machines could dissipate as people focus on the benefits of minimizing close human contact. And they get into a few anecdotal examples with like recycling factories or recycling plants uh-huh. and um, uh, grocer, grocers and, and, and other industries that i guess the point is that they had sort of um they had reached like a uh, a point of stasis on their efforts to automate their business and right, right. now with the pandemic going on they're seeing a renewed interest in like okay let's let's automate what we do and it makes perfect sense yeah it makes perfect sense where i don't agree or it's not really about what i agree with i mean my opinion is bullshit but where i don't think that there's it doesn't seem like there's evidence Contrary to Yang and contrary to you in the way that you've explained that you we've you and I have talked about this in the past. I think that there still is no evidence that the automation of a bunch of jobs will result in the loss of a bunch of jobs. So far, the evidence suggests to this point that automation of a bunch of jobs results in a bunch of different types of new jobs. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, and my argument to that always, and it still is, is I don't truly believe, and again, there's no evidence to this necessarily, but uh, I don't believe that people can be trained for those new kinds of jobs. I don't think people, unfortunately, are capable of learning, you know, coding or systems engineering or, you know, even repairing a, a bot. Like... I don't think people are prepared for that. I don't think, you know, and this is, I'm not trying to speak down to somebody who works at a grocery store or something like that, but I don't think that they're, they're capable of being retrained for that kind of a position. So what, what do they do in the meantime? So I've got this article and I, I mean, I wasn't really, um, I, I was just pulling it out of my ass. I'm not even sure if this is the one that I read, but there was a few of these that came out about a, uh, about a year or two ago. And it came out of um, some studies that were done and also some, um, I guess, I don't know what you call it. I guess like, like not really, what do you call it when like you, you expect advances in an industry and they sort of don't come? Like, I don't know, a, mm-hmm. a lack of advancement, I guess, in the sure. world of driverless cars. And it, it, it is interesting to me, at least, that... It seems like the panic, or not panic, but like the projections, the futurists, the people who were saying like, who were heralding the advent of the driverless car seven, eight Mm -hmm. years ago. Again, this is something that hasn't happened. 
that people right. there were seven or eight years ago people were saying that by the year 2020 we were going to have 50 million americans out of work because drivers would be replaced by driverless cars and it's yeah. not like it's not like it's not like 10 million americans are out of work it's not like 8 million americans have been out of work by because of this literally zero americans have been put out of work by driverless cars it would be sure. one thing if it was like oh well you know, we, we, we feared the worst. We feared that those 50 or 60 million Americans would, would be out of work. And it only ended up being half or a quarter of that number. But, Dave, it hasn't been anybody. This has not sure. gone anywhere. This has not turned. I, I think that we have maybe fueled by our, like, collective cultural obsessions of shit like Westworld and stuff like that. I think that maybe we think we're further along on this this AI shit than we actually are. Because, like, uh -huh. I see the Boston technology videos and all that stuff, or whatever that is, the Boston whatever. The, like the dog thing? Yeah, these robots suck. Yeah. They're not good. Yeah. Like, and no, for sure. They're not really much better than they were 10 years ago. Like, honestly. Like, I, I never set a time, you know, a timeline in my prediction of that, you know, and I certainly wouldn't now. I'm not going to say, oh, well, it's not yet. It's another 10 years or something like that. I don't know when it's going to be. I just know it is coming. And I think that this is a preview of of things to come. And I it could be five, 10 years away. It might be a lot longer than that. I don't know. But there is there. I can't picture a future in which. A, a human being needs to drive a car for a particular job. I can't picture a future in which a human being needs to wash a dish. Like, why? Why would that need to exist? After, I can't imagine it. After the big onslaught that we're living through right now of coronavirus, um, and things sort of like tepidly or, or cautiously start getting back to what we whatever the new normal is, right? What things... Have you given a thought to like what things that you interact with people for right now that you would prefer to be automated if, you know, if you had your druthers, if like anything could be automated? Like, I mean, would you want people to be put out of those jobs um, as, as a safeguard because it's like people shouldn't be handling this stuff with their hands that you're putting in your mouth? Maybe it's more sanitary. I don't know. Like, have you thought yeah. about how the world should change or something like that? that question makes me feel really elitist and like, I don't, I don't, I almost don't want to answer it, but it's like everything. Like what, why should a person have to do something for me? Like why, you know, why shouldn't a person just have the same, uh, you know, the same luxury that I do, you know, which right. I'm very fortunate and, and lucky in my, you know, the life I've, you know, lucked into into being born into, but it's like, why shouldn't other people get that? I, I truly don't see why they shouldn't get that as well. Why somebody has to, you know, deliver me food is when a machine can just deliver it. Yeah. Like, I think that we are going to be like, I think about that a lot too. And I, I think that we're going to be like the end of our life, the last like 20 years of our life, we're going to get to see, you know, I, I would say we're, we're like 20 or 30 years away from it right now. Sure. But for the last 20 years of our life, like age 60 to 80 or whatever, we're going to get to be around for a conversation that's going to seem so foreign to us because it's going to be a conversation about, and we're going to be too old to even care about it anyway, or, or it's a really like, you know, for it to really matter. But there's going to be a conversation, I think, among younger people that is like, of what good is work? Like we've always mm -hmm. taken a job 
as a thing that is virtuous and that should be, you know, the virtue of it should be taken for granted. Like you should always be working and grinding and hustling and you should be having, if you're poor, that means you need two jobs, man, because you just got to get out of that hole. Got to work, work, work. This ties into your means testing earlier. I mean, it all, that ties together so well, you know? Yeah. It's, I, I think that we, our brains are incapable of it because like Joe Biden always talks, we're talking about Joe Biden too. One of his favorite campaign lines or one of his favorite um, speech lines, applause lines is one, and I'm going to butcher it. I don't want to, but like it, it's basically like his dad always told him that a job is more than money. It's dignity because, and then, <laughs> but like if you follow that, you know, old boomer logic, uh, what he's saying is a practical thing, which is like a job is dignity because it allows you to keep your head held high because you're, you're, you're demonstrating worth and value in society and you're getting money. Yeah. And that money allows you, affords you the ability to tell people to fuck off or make your own strategic decisions about your career or move your family around or make mistakes and, you know, f- and fritter it all away. Like, sure. but, but, but whatever, you have dignity, right? Because you, you're not just begging and with a handout. But like, I don't know, you get to that point that you're talking about where there's only so much work to do by human right. hands. There's only so much work for human hands to do. And I think that we might have been resistant to that. I, I know people were resistant to that. And what struck me about this New York Times article is that I think maybe our acceptance of that kind of thing might be accelerated. Where mm-hmm. there might be people who are a little bit more... No, fuck that. There might be. There are going to be a lot of people who are way more accepting and saying like, "Yeah, sure does suck." Um, about about all these Uber drivers going out of business, but I don't want a person on my porch anymore. I want a robot right. to drop or a drone to drop that shit off for me. Yeah. And um, I I don't know. Like I feel like we were only we only stayed like nine eleven changed the country a lot, but we only stayed afraid for about a month or two. Right. Right. We were only scared for a month or two. And that was just in the country. I wonder what coronavirus, which has already killed magnitudes of, of vastly more. This is more. so much bigger. Yeah. This is so much fucking bigger. We've talked about that here in this household. I, I truly believe this is so much bigger. And we, we have no clue like what a few months from now or a year from now is going to look like. But this is so much bigger, I think. Yeah. We might... We might embrace some really fucked up stuff. I think, I don't know. I don't want to get into all that in this episode, but I do feel like like these are the kind of, this is like the perfect cooking temperature for totalitarianism. This is the perfect mm-hmm. cooking temperature for like um, fascism and nationalism and uh, race-based blaming and like, mm-hmm. and the, you know, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to like, I don't want to be aligned with any kind of movement that is part of that, but, but like, this is going to be a really fucking difficult thing to kind of maneuver this this thing I want to say. But, like, <laughs> like, I am part of a political cohort that is, like, that does blame the very rich and the wealthy because they're pigs and they fucking suck up all the resources and ruin everything for other people. And I do think mm-hmm. that that's a problem. And I do think that they are a problem. But I'm very now... As we're getting deeper into this coronavirus thing, and we're seeing what 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 we're seeing what a lot of like the worst people, what their talking points are going to be, and what their like their their positional politics are going to be, I'm very worried about I, 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 aligning or being somebody who's like 
exclusionary blaming being like look at those people those people those people those are mm. the ones you know because i think there's going to be a lot of like you know weimar republic like 1930s germany shit happening in mm-hmm. places like here like the uk like uh you know places that we normally might not have thought well i guess if you were paying attention you would think that that it could happen but i think it's going to accelerate i think we always had this nascent white nationalism and then we also that that, that was like kind of violent and under the surface and then we also had this sort of like broad white nationalism that's baked into systemic stuff that keeps black people and people all people of color down and i feel like it's gonna just like like this is gonna be stepping on the gas pedal and making it way worse for people i i could i could see that 100 percent. it's gonna be they took our jobs you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no really it's gonna be like oh the fucking chinese yeah. they sent this disease over here and like they it's not even gonna be the, oh they, they sent this disease over here and killed a bunch of people it's they sent this disease over here and killed our economy and fucked yeah. up our jobs and now i can't get a job now my kid not not i my kid now my kid can't get a job uh in retail at the fucking mall or whatever because malls don't even exist anymore like i'm it, already seeing stuff like that on facebook no yeah. I mean, it's not that far, not that far. Super racist shit. I mean, like the yeah. stuff I'm seeing on social media is crazy. I know social media is not real life, but like, yo, people are being really fucking racist towards Asian people. They sure it's are. Cr- yeah, crazy. It's disgusting. It's yeah. just profoundly fucking disgusting. Yeah. Well, that, that's a that's a a nice uh, bummer to end this on. <laughs> I don't know. I think that, like, I think I, I I do think that it would be cool to get to a point again, probably after you and I have died, but a point where, as a people, we're like, okay, work unto itself isn't a virtue. Just working, there's nothing just virtuous about going and punching a time clock or and working. It's great if if it makes you happy. Like sure, the stuff I do, I actually I really enjoy the stuff I do. Even the stuff at work that I do during my, my day job that I don't like, I like. I, I, I like it a thousand times better than the shit that I did from, like, age 15 to age 25. Like, I, mm. I like it way more, way better than tarring roofs or fucking, you know, selling hats or anything like that or, 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 serving, or serving drinks or anything like that. I like it way better than any of that. Um, but... It shouldn't be, there shouldn't be a thumb on you pushing you down, especially not. Right. Like if, if, if automation becomes a thing that can release that and make people start having conversations about like, why are we working so much? Why do we need to work so much? Yeah. Like, why can't it just be a completely different way? Why can't work be optional? How about that? How about that? Answer me that question, Dave. Why can't work? Like, I know know that you agree with it, but. Uh-huh. Play the devil's advocate. Like, what are the people? What would what would people say? I say my position. I'm running for president the year twenty, uh, you know, twenty forty two, and I'm like, hey, and I'm like, you know, fifty something year old Q, and I'm like, why can't I'm fifty fifty two year old Q? Why can't work be optional? I've got a one word answer for you. It's a little bit hacky, but uh, boomers. That's yeah, because we have to fucking. <laughs> Because they run everything. They still do run everything. Yeah. I was thinking about you because I was reading about this thing, this um, economic concept, this generational economic 
concept, which is going to be called the, the, the Great Redistribution, which is the other side of the coin when you talk about the way that boomers have, like, sucked up all these resources and, like, mm-hmm. hoovered up and give uh, all the money and all the, ca- uh, all the cash uh, sucked up, um, you know, giving themselves at every break. We talked about that book before, Generation of Sociopaths, about the way that boomers have, instead of investing in the world and, and, and doing things collectively to make it better, they've um, just, just like, vampire, vampire leached every inch of fucking fat that they could out of it. Fist fucked the yeah. world until they, you know, dried out its asshole. But um, I was reading about this concept called the the great, um, what did I say? It's the great uh, something, I forget. The great wealth transfer or something like that. And it was positing that like, okay, but boomers, all boomers at the very most are about 15 years away from dying. And when they do die, they are going, they have to transfer that wealth. They literally can't take it with them. So, and I was thinking of you because you're in this situation where like a, a bunch of a bunch of people, Gen X and millennials are just going to get washed with like trillions and trillions of dollars. And, mm-hmm. uh, and like, what happens then? Do we, do we become like them? Or right. do we, because we haven't spent our first like 30 or 40 years being like them at all. We right, haven't right. sold out in the way that they did in the 70s. We haven't um, created, uh, even as bad as the moment that we're living in right now is, we haven't created anything as like garishly awful as the 80s. We haven't done anything like that. We haven't done mm-hmm. anything as banal and tacky as the 90s. We haven't done anything approximating what the boomers' defining decades were. We've been yeah. mostly just kind of like sidelined because they've sucked up all the air in the room and been and they've been they were such bad parents that like we kind of just kind of had to stumble our way through life to figure shit out but um like what happens then i wonder so maybe that's a hopeful thing to end on do we start having those conversations to your point i you i said what is the thing stopping us you said boomers maybe once they're gone that downward distribution happens I think it's I think it's fascinating because all that money has to go somewhere. Those they can't just yeah. freeze their heads and stay alive like Futurama forever. They have to die. Right. They have to die. Yeah, yeah. Like, they gotta go somewhere. Like, <laughs> so uh, and, th- and then we really do become the future <laughs> when we're in our <laughs> late fifties. When we're in our yeah sixties. And... <laughs> I love that all through the life of boomers, the uh, the Amer- the average. Um, the average life expectancy for Americans went up and went up and went up from like 71 to like 79. And now mm-hmm. that they're dying and we're the ones that are like up next, that the, the life expectancy has gone down for three years in a row from like <laughs> it's 70. It was when Trump took office, it, the average life expectancy for an American was 79. And then it went down to like 78.8. And then it, and it went down to last year, it went down to like 78.5 or something. So like, literally shaved half a year off the life of americans the shit that these people have done um (laughs) you got anything you want to promote uh just check out all right snow beans on monday we're gonna have a special bonus episode that's a crossover with piecing it together so check that out and of course more piecing it together all over the place so (laughs) i want to um excuse me i want to shout out or actually say it like a get well to friend of the show elijah manley who's running for district 94 uh, here in Florida, 
running for state rep, um, donate to him. Go to Elijah Manley's website and um, or follow him on Twitter. I am I at I Elijah Manley. Um, he got he's young and he's he's tough. He's a he's a strong young kid, but um, he a uh, strong young man, not a kid. But he he caught coronavirus. He got it. Mm. So um, I think he's uh, by the time this airs, he might be f- probably like recovered uh, again because. Um, you know he's he's a younger guy and uh, I think he's only like 21, 22 years old. It's uh, for people like him and progressive candidates all over the place who are running, trying to primary shitty Democrats or taking on entrenched Republicans in various parts of the country. The coronavirus is like the worst thing that could happen because their whole strategy, if you're progressive, the whole strategy is like getting out and talking to people and knocking on doors. It's not sure. just like you can't just pay for votes because you don't have money because there's no money in being a progressive. So that's right. Um, donate to him if you can, and any any uh, any other candidates who are um, you know of his ilk. And hope you feel better, Elijah. Mm-hmm.